0: your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think?
1: It's
0: really, it's really awful. Do it to it, brother.
1: Welcome to the Lutheran Stuff, No Drama, No Drama podcast. My name is Pastor Hoffman, and with me is Zach Lesher. Say hello, Zach.
0: Hey, everybody.
1: Today we're uh, well, we're we're bringing one of our studies to an end. This will be our second book of the Bible. We, uh, as you may remember, went through Romans with our uh, our maiden voyage. And the second book we've done has been Galatians, and today we'll be finishing up with chapter six, as well as we have some fascinating questions from our listener group. So we're going to get into that, and um, the final chapter of Galatians is chapter six, and it's only 18 verses, so I'll read through it, and then we'll just start digging in. Okay, chapter six, St. Paul writes, Brothers if anyone is caught in any transgression you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of christ for if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing he deceives himself but let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will From the Spirit, reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh Wow, I do like this because it's um we're going to we're going to touch on a lot of things which I think Christians can be a little a little bit uh tabooy or something on and um, or maybe it's just something that's not talked about enough, but as he comes into chapter 6, he really comes out swinging. He's finishing the letter strong. <laughs> um because if anyone is caught in a transgression <laughs> If anyone has caught in uh, any transgression you who are spiritual should restore him in the spirit of gentleness first of all all of this talk about maturity and growing in the faith throughout the whole book he finally ends and it doesn't surprise me that he starts this final chapter off with talking about mercy and showing uh, the things that are important to us as Christians because when somebody sins does something wrong the old Adam in us wants to just kick him and push him in the ditch. And that's not what St. Paul does. He talks about the the thing what we want is when somebody sins is to have them restored and to do so in the spirit of gentleness. I love that.
0: Don't shoot the wounded, in other words.
1: Sure. Um, if you ever treat everybody like a horse with a broken leg, that's that's not very good. Uh, and
0: notice he says, you who are spiritual, yeah. right, should restore him. So the people who say, I'm spiritual, but not religious,
1: <laughs> they're really
0: just stealing from the Christian worldview, because to be spiritual means exactly what Paul said all throughout the the rest of his epistles, is, you know, a, a believer in Christ for the forgiveness of sins gathered around word and sacrament. That's a
1: spiritual person, right? Because you're not gonna use the Plato, Platonic version of spiritual. Because then you say, "I'm spiritual." What? You don't exist in reality. <laughs> yeah, don't don't become Gnostic. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> so you're you're something that um, exists in another plane or whatever. So yeah, obviously, they are they're borrowing uh, in the vein. Of Christianity, I mean it's totally wrong but they borrow it from the vein of Christianity, but for us somebody who's spiritual is one who has been transformed by the Holy Spirit
0: yeah, and and so what this looks like, if we're going to restore someone in gentleness, let's see if we can give an example um someone is caught stealing and they're not caught because they were caught in the act, but they're caught because uh they're contrite, right? Mm-hmm. You who are spiritual, pronounce absolution to that person in gentleness. But if this person, notice this next line, keep watch on yourselves unless you too be tempted. If this person is tempting you to steal and they're not really contrite, and it's tempting you, keep watch on yourself. You're not as strong as you think you are.
1: Yeah, and, and never lose track of the old Adam looking for a way in. So, um, and you may you may start off, you know, because in a spirit of gentleness, again, you have to remember somebody who's trapped in sin, who's caught in sin is broken. They're messed up. They're not working right. And so when you restore them, when you have something that's precious, and God's people certainly are, and doing this in a spirit of gentleness shows them the love of Christ. And if you're just like, yeah, you're a jerk, you know, whatever, um, there's nothing, there's nothing too gentle about that. And then I like how you point it out and keep watch on yourself because you know what? Sinners are a virus, man. And they, they have no problem contagion, uh, giving you this contagion and, um, causing you to you know the can't beat them join them mentality well that's kind of what that is
0: you know what let me give a more relatable example how about this uh, how many times have we said okay this person's erring in doctrine so since i love them i'm going to correct them gently right yeah and then by the end of it they're not having any of it and you're like i hate this guy yeah. You see how it just went to? I love my neighbor. I'm going to help him, and then I hate this guy, and and it's how Jesus defines it. If you, if you've been angry with your brother, you've murdered him in your heart. So sure, let's be honest, so we get the the honest absolution of it. But yeah, I mean that would be a perfect example. Of what Paul's saying here about you being tempted, right?
1: Absolutely. Um, oftentimes. Uh... I mean we've even seen it in churches where they um they try to reconcile uh they try to reconcile churches that are obviously heterodox and they say, "Well, we're going to have a Lutheran substance with an evangelical style." Meaning this this Lutheran has been hanging around a lot of evangelicals and he really likes their um he really likes they kind of uh en- enthusiastic and stuff like that and 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 so next thing you know instead of him going look man you don't need all these emotional appeals to be a christian what you need is god's word and his sacraments but rather than that they go well why we could have a, a lutheran substance with the evangelical style and <laughs> next thing you know you have an evangelical style and substance
0: yeah, that's mysticism and revivalism. Yeah. <laughs> Down another road.
1: Well, you might start off trying to, you know, bring someone on the right track, and next thing you know, you're going, well, you know, there. it's not like we're the only people who are going to be saved. You know how we talk ourselves into heresy. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Sure, the self justified comment there, right? No. Yep. Yeah, that, and that's what they... That's how we do it. Well... Yeah. Well, it's just a little, you know. Yeah. It's just a minor thing. It's not like a big sin, Yeah. right? All sin is sin.
1: Go tell so you. Keep
0: watch on yourself, right? Yep. Don't don't let it tempt you. And that's the thing. I love this because Paul understands the weakness of the flesh. He understands how easily swayed and tempted we are. So he's warning us, dude. You're not as strong as you think you are. Go in for a little bout. Come out. You know, make sure that you're getting plenty of word and sacrament and spiritual care yourself. Then go in and fight a little bit more.
1: Yep, yeah. you got even boxers breaking after the round. So that's
0: right. They got to sit out and get some water. That's a great point. It's like it's like a match. They they uh, round one, round two, right? And in between each each round, there's a break. So you know, take take that break. Make sure you're getting spiritual care.
1: Yeah, because as soon as I become Jesus, I won't need to do that. <laughs> but in the meantime, yeah, I I still have an old Adam that's going, well, I don't think you're looking at everything from his point of view. So, um, but this is nice because he keeps going, you know, watch over yourself. And then he, he he pushes it forward by saying, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ so when jesus talks about loving your neighbors you know uh this is kind of how it is it's to say you know it's it's okay to say i help lift up my neighbor and sometimes my neighbor helps lift me up and and when they're suffering and when they're hurting we all have those people that come to us and say you know i'm really stressed out about this i'm really worried about this and um bearing their burdens with them is is to say well, you know what, you have a legitimate worry there, and, and let me point you towards comfort and peace.
0: Or we see, uh, you know, if, if a Christian, uh, all of a sudden their house burns down, how much how much do we see, like, GoFundMe page from other, from other Christians and from their congregations just blow up? You yeah. know, helping, bearing that burden that that, that that person went through. It's one body, so... If one person suffers, hey, we all suffer. Yeah. But uh, maybe you could clarify for this. Uh, This is like the Roman stacks where it says uh, the law of the spirit, right? So the law of Christ here would be the teaching of Christ, correct?
1: Oh, yeah. You got to remember that um, sometimes people just think of like Moses coming down. But anytime you speak of the law, it also refers to instruction and um the 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 words the speakings the teachings you know teaching instruction all of that it's not saying that you know the the great heresy of Christ just being the great lawgiver but um is to say that you know it's basically calling christians to say well what jesus says is right and and that's fulfilling it is showing them uh mercy
0: yeah, he's not going to negate what he said in the last uh, five chapters, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, you have to fulfill the law of Christ here." That's not what he means. <laughs> oh yeah, he's all saying, that... bear one another's burdens, and you will be doing how you were taught in Christ to do.
1: All that other stuff, never mind.
0: <laughs> never mind. Totally didn't mean until this one verse here. So. Uh, I changed my mind. <laughs>
1: no that's not cool. Don't take back. Yeah. Take back. No way you said it and I read it. <laughs> so because here's here's the great the great humble passage and this this is a great Lutheran bumper sticker because you know our our bumper stickers are always really long. Um for if anyone thinks he's something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor for each will have to bear his own load so first of all you know mr big shot uh you know uh it's like that i think it was the heartbreak ridge yeah i want you to know i mean i'm kind of a big deal and you oh like, yeah big deal come out of here you know, whatever. <laughs> and uh and so uh it's, it's a very difficult place to come from in Christianity if you come off to say I'm a big deal, like I'm a I'm a Christian superstar you know, and there are Christian quote superstars, and most of the time they're nauseating and um, because they really think they're a big deal, and the truth of the matter is, is when uh, it's okay we say that I must decrease so he can increase well, making... Making me less of a big deal is to make a big deal out of Christ.
0: Yeah, and here's the deal. If you're taking these things, if you're taking the instruction of Paul, if you're taking them literal and serious and, and carrying what Paul has to say here, then you, you most likely have nothing to worry about. But a guy like Joel Olstein or Stephen Furtick, they're definitely not uh, uh, testing their works. Okay, they're definitely not looking at themselves and saying am I lining up with scripture here so that's what Paul's warning against is is guys like that
1: yeah for sure uh, and uh you know Christian mega stars um, because he literally he's saying he deceives himself if a Christian goes do you know who I am <laughs> and the hopefully the answer somebody goes no <laughs> You know, Paul
0: Paul does it a little bit in 2 Corinthians. He says, I sound like a fool, and I'm talking like a madman. That's what he says when he starts laying down <laughs> some of his works, right? So, he's like, I'm done with this. I'm talking like a fool, and I sound like a madman. Yeah. But it, it, it seems like every turn, poor Paul, his, his apostleship and authority is always in question, right? He's like, "Er." <laughs> I'm not telling you guys, it's true.
1: Stop it. Yeah, definitely. That's uh yeah. Um, I'm looking here. So you have a uh, you have a, a call, and, and I think it's a very fair assessment to say Paul is always showing us that the way to go is one that's in humility. And that's the trouble is our old Adam I think of all ways to be I think humility is his least favorite because even Christ brings him humbles himself and uh, and in being brought low is a, is a position of humility and it, and for Americans we often think of it as being a bad thing and it's not and so if you're looking at things from a humble point of view You can look up a really messed up situation and find where, uh, you know, instead of picking sides or something, you can, you can see the whole thing and go, well, I can see where there was error here and here, but there was also goodness here and here. You know, you're just, you're, you're being impartial and that's an act of humility also.
0: Yeah, humility looks like, like, um. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Oh yeah, that's what your humility looks like. So if you're like, I gotta get more humble, it's probably not you know, it's not gonna work out for you too well. What what it looks like is is you confessing, God be merciful to me, sinner, and then getting the absolution. That is, that is being humble. It's admitting guilt before God. It's admitting guilt before your neighbor. All together is one body, right?
1: Yes and so from that point of view uh being brought low it gives you an opportunity to look up and if you're down low and you're always looking up then you're uh you're you're pointed towards towards heaven (laughs) and that's better
0: well that's just it paul says humble yourselves, and christ will exalt you right so when i make the confession god be merciful to me a sinner i look up and my pastor says, in the stead and by the command of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you, right? Mm-hmm. So, Christ is exalting me after that confession of humility yep. and shame. So, that we're lifted up. Like you said, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing, this Christianity.
1: Well, and using the word exalt is very helpful, because exalt does mean lifted up. And interestingly... When Christ is brought onto the cross, that's called his exaltation too <laughs> and so that's a that's got kind of, a kind of a deeper deeper meaning in that sense of him being lifted up and raised up um, but for us he what he's doing is he's raising us out of sin, death, and the devil
0: absolutely
1: um and you know um saying uh, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches Um, do not be deceived God is not mocked for whatever one sows one will also reap Uh, I I enjoy this I've always seen this as a passage that uh, that's a huge blessing to say that uh, that a student and a teacher they share a special bond and that bond according to Paul is the word of God and is the blessings of Christ and uh i think it's outstanding you know even even saying that teachers should be very humble and uh you know my favorite seminary professors were very humble they weren't cocky they were they were they were down to earth and mellow guys who who loved Jesus more than being cool <laughs> so
0: they sound bushly, then to me.
1: Oh, absolutely. Some of the most brilliant people too that I, I had seminary classes with, uh, they would they would rather hang out with, with us and have a beer than sit with princes and kings.
0: So I wanna I, I wanna break this down for a minute. Guys, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one or let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Now, this means not only does Pastor Hoffman do your divine service on Sunday, but he's also doing shut-ins. He's doing school board stuff. He's doing evangelism with the church. He's doing things after hours. He's getting called in on weekends to do funerals. He's doing all kinds of stuff you don't know about because that's his job, and that's what he's been called to do. So just like I, I'm in my congregation, it's important to note those things, and God bless the, our, our clergy for these things, and the laborer deserves his wages. So he's got a family to feed, too. This is how he makes his living. And he's in a, a great position, I think, to be able to make a living this way. This It's by it's, it's it's what I would like to be doing, but I don't want to give up the works that I, I'm able to do without being clergy. Does that make sense?
1: Sure. Um one of the very like think about Luke he had a different vocation but he will always be known as an evangelist somebody who had the gospel on the tip of his tongue and mark as well and so um, we see them as being people who had a who had a couple of vocations you know physician uh, we all know Luke was a historian and he was also an evangelist he was somebody who was not ashamed of the gospel
0: and we have Philip Melanchthon
1: too pre pre Philip Melanchthon fall so <laughs> <laughs> pre pre Philip Melanchthon flip out so yeah he did he was a he was a very important voice in the reformation so yeah um it's to say that uh lutherans by no means have uh, any kind of uh, even the uh, clergy-only uh, club or something like that, we have some of the smartest laymen, I think, on the planet. That is
0: one thing I commend Lutherans. So I also commend, I mean, just the people in the group. So I'm sure they're already paying their congregations, right, and, and sharing with the teacher. But, I mean, they've also shared with us just for the podcast and stuff. So we're, we're really blessed, and we want to thank God on their behalf, we see your good works and glorify our Father, who's in heaven and uh I love to see just the scriptures played out, and people not even realizing they're doing it
1: oh, for sure, and you you did you brought up a good point there's people even on our Bush League little podcast they said, "You know what I like this, I'm learning from it, it's valuable, I'm gonna support it." And uh, thankfully, we work cheap. <laughs> and uh, you know it's, uh, it's something though that this shows that there's people out there that say, "You know I want to learn and, and you guys, the way you teach, it's trustworthy. It's Bush League, but it's trustworthy. And so that's really what they want to you know, I want you to I want you to be trustworthy enough and, uh, and shoot straight.
0: And that, that, is, the, that is the part. In Christianity, that can be offen- offensive. Is if if you do this is going back again to the top of verse six. Sometimes you have to set aside your friendship for the sake of law and gospel.
1: Yeah, sad. And you but have you... to
0: give people the hard truth, no matter what. That is a place that nobody can compromise. That has to be given. For your neighbor's sake. It's a good, loving thing to tell them, hey, you're you're in a sin here. You know what I mean? And uh, we need to talk about repentance. So there might be a time when you need to take a friend and give them law. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be fun, but it is right and it is the good thing to do. So let's affirm you and build people up in, in in that, too, right?
1: Well, that's literally what St. Paul follows up what we were just talking about with, saying, for the one who sows to his own flesh, well, he will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So if I am a trusted clergyman and all I'm ever giving you is some lame psychology or stuff that I pull out of a hat rather than out of the Bible, well, you know what? All that fleshly stuff, that's going to come around and bite me because I'm sowing bad seeds. And so...
0: Now, and people say if people are going to wonder what this looks like, remember, go back to our last podcast where Paul talks about the works of the flesh are evident and the works of the Spirit. So when we sow to the Spirit, we're just sowing to Word and Sacrament. The work of the Spirit is always to call us to repentance and point us back to christ
1: yes and and if we're doing that we're spot on and uh, or as uh, dr nagel would say bang on so um and and, and here it is and, and those and he points out those who sow to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life meaning those things given to us by god meaning faith from the holy spirit in all this stuff that the bible says and we believe that it's true when that is the soil with that you're in then the the what you reap are the good things that jesus promises when you sow in the promises of jesus you reap in the promises of jesus so you know oh, it's, it sounds painfully painfully oversimplified but i'm going to argue that it's not oversimplified I'm going to argue that it is actually people spend their whole lives trying to complicate it. And it isn't that complicated.
0: Well, that's the problem with, with some of the terms, right? Is people don't, with so like above, we, we, we just spelled law of Christ is teaching of Christ. And the, the English is not the Greek. It's not Hebrew, right? Everything does not translate perfectly. We're not saying there's any error in scripture There's just some problems with words going from Greek to English. So people will use, like Paul says, that they twist the text to their own destruction, right? Mm -hmm. When it's really not that complicated, when you understand, you know, harmonetically, you let the clear text interpret the not-so-clear text. So we're not talking, you know, not-so-clear as in, like, uh, I don't know, I think Galatians is, is painfully clear, right? Yeah. We're talking like you let these texts interpret you know back in, in uh, Ezekiel or, or Revelation to figure out what those books are saying.
1: Yeah, you don't <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good example because again, there's when you get into prophetic texts and, and prophetic literature, uh, they're using some language that is it's very contextual. And so you have to, you have to go with what's clear to understand that. And, um, I think you just quoted, uh, uh, um, oh, uh, oh my goodness, how did that just happen? Uh, I heard, you you did a direct quote right there from somebody and now I'm trying to think of who it was. Was it, was it Fisk? Was it Fisk that said that? But, um, you let the, you know even the tone of voice he used you let the not so clear passages be be clarified by the clear ones you know he had one of those videos that always made me smile because the look out of his face but um but it's you know it
0: could it could be i have no idea i've just so long i mean that's such great wisdom whoever said it right yeah um whoever said it originally it's it's painfully obvious right sure that i mean this is what opened luther's eyes huh the righteous shall live by faith well that's not what i'm being taught yeah right <laughs> it's the clear text that, that that of the gospel that plainly god opened his eyes yeah right? so,
1: <laughs> i need a refund or something yeah <laughs> and oh and,
0: man i would be mad i'm telling you i would be i i you know what i can't say that because i think we've all sat under our false teacher at some time and Oh, I know uh, I that hardship, so.
1: And I'm thankful for faithful brothers and sisters that I know that would be like, um, dude. Uh, <laughs> and so, and, and here he is, and he says something that I think, here's something I think, verse 9, all Christians need to hear. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap, if we do not give up. And, um, Oftentimes, people get the mistaken identity idea that I mean, I even I even knew a pastor that he he read some book that said if you do this with small groups and you do this and you will and this much'll happen in your church and and he was getting real frustrated and and he was telling this to me and I said, hey, you know what? I I think you're doing some really fine things here and I think that it can really help with your literacy but if you want to do anything beyond that well you've gone beyond a scriptural witness i mean your church is not guaranteed to grow except you might have a, a small church that grows in its wisdom and faith and so that's really the growth you want and and he he was told that he would have a just a bursting at the seams congregation and i said no but what you have done is you've given good things to your people, and they will they will be forever changed because of it.
0: That's right. It's turn point. So uh, numbers are not an indicator of of uh, truth. Yeah. That is that is a definite. And you know, Paul has to tell us. He's got to tell us. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For a due season we will reap if we do not give up, because the flesh, the person, always wants to give up. And again, this goes back to our blessed uh, Doctor Luther, who would say the Christian life uh, is a life of repentance, of daily repentance, of drowning. And you know, Paul is saying nothing different here. Is you're gonna have to fight your flesh. Don't grow weary of doing good. Good is good, you know, and it keeps us from falling into apostasy
1: yeah um because again our our whenever think about it even in the garden of eden the way that the devil uh got at adam and eve wasn't to jump out and scare them it was to distract them and to say did god really say that you can't eat of anything in the garden you know what i mean and they're just like what and um or no 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 you won't certainly die. Let me replace what you think about what God says with this. And so what he does is enters in there a distraction. And the distraction, well, when you're distracted from God and his word, well, that's a huge problem.
0: The classic bait and switch.
1: Total. The, the first bait and switch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, kid, want a sucker? It's broccoli on a stick
1: oh no and and so he says so then as we have opportunity in verse 10 let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith you know um, do every you know it's okay to say let's be good to everyone but don't forget your Christian brothers and sisters because the turmoil of the world that falls on your head well it's also falling on their head too
0: yeah it's important to remember before we take care of those outside the church we have to take care of those inside the church first so because they're already in
1: right well so how many people have you heard that actually say the opposite of that where they're like well I don't want to preach to the converted you're preaching to the choir and I'm like yeah because the choir's a bunch of sinners <laughs>
0: That's like sending out a bowl of fresh fruit and saying it doesn't need a refrigerator on a 100 degree day and you walk away to make another fruit salad.
1: Yeah, because you're like... What's going to
0: happen when you come back at the end of the day? It's going to be dead. Yeah. Right?
1: You're like, I already bought this from the grocery store. I don't need to, you know, just go put all your sheep in a pen and then never feed them and take care of them and see what happens in a month.
0: Yeah, but what does God say, right? He's called you to take care of that one fruit cell to make sure that none of the fruit dies there.
1: Yep, he left 99 behind and went after the one. And said, you guys wait here, I'll be right back. (laughs) So, and he was. Um, So, you know, that's always a good question we can ask ourselves. And it's not a question to bring you to despair. It's a question to do like a gut check when you're saying, you know what? Am I doing good to my neighbor? And if the answer is no, you know, there's things we, we repent of that and and we keep that in mind because, again, that's how people stay from falling away from, from uh, what God says.
0: Excellent. And you know what? For me personally, and don't get me as a pietist here because this is me personally. This is... So this would be piety. I guess if we have nutrients, we'll break down some terms. Pietism is bad. That's me making laws for you that aren't biblical. But personal piety is me making laws for me that keep me in check. I try to, you know, set a limit on what I do. Make sure you do one good thing a week. You know what I mean? That stands out, or two, or th- you, you know what I'm saying? And sure. that keeps you. So so then if. if Ten things pop up you're like no i at least got you know these you know if you don't have time for them so my conscience is not burdened that's why i do it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so that is that is personal piety and it's okay to set rules for yourselves and boundaries but you have no authority to set them over your neighbor
1: uh that's a really good way to say it um because to say that, you know what, I've decided that I'm gonna help out this and this and 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 then if somebody goes, Well, what do I do? Well you gotta do what I do and you got the Zach Lesher five point plan for being a super awesome <laughs> Christian. <laughs> well I'm not even
0: done with the Zach Lesher five
1: point plan. <laughs> Cause you know what? Next thing you know it'll be the eleven pillars of Zach Islam. You know yeah, uh, so that's
0: that's we need less
1: Zach and more Jesus. <laughs> and amen to that, by the way. We need less Pastor Hoffman and more Jesus. And so that's that's you know, that's really the the key to it, you know, and if, if people develop this, this is why in their personal life if they develop it that's great. But what I hate is when they're selling their their book on how I became like a better Christian rather than you, you could talk about it more generically you can say, well, like you said in my personal piety, I tend to do this but I'm um, somebody. if somebody goes, well, I can't do that well, you may not be able to so that's that's why I'm not telling you what to do I'm just throwing an example out there yeah, honestly,
0: I don't even like to give this example because it sounds like virtue signaling you know what I mean? but if it, it it's the text, I was like, eh, yeah. throw it out
1: Well, and again, uh, virtue signaling is it's, there's, yeah. And again, with the caveat, you know, saying, well, I'm just going to say this. I mean, this is what I do. I'm not saying do it. I'm saying, but think of something that, that, that works. So, and, but he's just saying, you know, don't get, don't get worn out. You know, people that get worn out, they kind of stop loving their neighbor. They kind of stop helping them because they realize, hey, every day that I'm out here in this Sinful world, it seems like it's getting worse, and you know, and it might be, but um, that doesn't mean uh, people need less love, it means they need more.
0: Yeah, and people are gonna say, too, well, how do I end up getting worn out? You need to hear the gospel a lot. Mm-hmm. That's how I've, I've found over the many, many years I don't get worn out because as I'm starting to get worn out. I go listen to some gospel promises. I go read the scriptures. That's what I do, and that recharges my batteries. The Holy Spirit is working in that Word to strengthen that faith. And that's what Paul was talking about, right? It's that, that we don't grow weary mm-hmm. right, in doing good. So you have to, again, like we said at the beginning, you have to make sure that you're getting spiritual care so that you can even aid your neighbors
1: well that's right and the example we were talking about was uh when you when even a boxer uh who who fights the good fight stops has a break and um and for us sure we're in the divine service and um and so you know you're being there and just that's kind of how you check yourself to make sure you're not uh gonna going into the worldliness is when you're in the divine service, uh, that's why, you know, you just don't go, you don't become like the theological Jane Goodall. And, you know, like, I went and lived among the, you know, and I started acting like an ape after a while. You know, so, it's you know, that's to say that um, uh, you have, you do, you go serve your neighbor, but it is exhausting. And so what's good is the, the gospel, something that's freely given to you. It is your Sabbath rest
0: yes and the goodness and kindness of our lord he has given us a day to take a breather from life so do that too it's just good for you
1: my whole wednesday sermon was on that very thing is you know we're building on uh, uh lamentations 12 and saying is it nothing to you all you who pass him by and on last wednesday it was we pass him by with our tasks we're too busy uh to even to be in the house of god we find any reason we want to to miss church to miss fellowship to miss study because darn it i have a i'm tired on sunday you know and stuff like that and we we like you said earlier we self-justify our our terrible sinful behavior
0: i love it and you know what it's just, if we look back at the Pharisees on this too, they were using it to justify themselves. So when they were keeping the Sabbath, they were doing it as a law instead of gospel, right? They right. Were, they were taking it and twisting the meaning. And Jesus has got to be like, yo, I made Sabbath for man, not man for Sabbath.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it when they're bragging about, look how I'm not doing yeah. anything. This is awesome.
0: I only took six steps
1: today. I am way more sabbath than you.
0: You did eight. I'm more righteous. <laughs> Moving the goalpost.
1: I, oh, yeah, that's right, the goalpost. And so, you know, uh, and I like this kind of part because, I mean, a lot of times we've believed that St. Paul wrote with a scribe and everything, and, and it's like he's like, give me that pen. And he says in verse eleven, "See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand." <laughs> I don't know why that just makes me so happy when this <laughs> is like he's like, "Okay, now I'm I'm taking out the the red face emoji." That um, well,
0: like I was saying, poor Paul, he's always being challenged, man. It's like the dude can't get any rest, you know. No. Nope. Around every turn, he. He's leaving these guys, right? He says earlier in the book, you would have plucked out your eyes for me. And he's leaving them. He's His heart is warm because, not because of Paul, but because of Christ, right? Yeah. Christ <laughs> is in their hearts. He's joyful in their salvation. Then he gets word all of a sudden, they're becoming Jews. Yeah. You know, everything he taught him is going out the window. He's like, oh my goodness, give me the pen. <laughs> you see what large letters I write?
1: <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's the equivalent of having your caps lock. <laughs> and, you know, you post something on Facebook like that, people are like, why are you yelling? <laughs> oh, Paul, man. oh, you know, do you see with what large caps lock I am typing? <laughs> but, um, you know, because it's like, it is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Isn't that isn't that just sickening? It says that they want you they want you to do all these good works and these high noble works and it's a sham. They're only doing this stuff just so they don't have to confess the cross of Christ. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah see we're like, we're Jews, leave us alone. And um and and that's just crazy. They're like they're they're trying to do it. Just go look how noble you are. But in reality, they're being cowards.
0: Exactly. And you know what? This ties back into a little bit of the piety, pietism thing I was talking about. Mm-hmm. This would this would be pietism mixed with heresy, though. Yeah. Uh, how these people are making laws where there is no law. Yeah. There's no law in Scripture, and they love to come in and make laws. And Paul says, "Why? So they can make much of you."
1: Yeah. You they're want to, mocking you. Yeah, I don't mean to brag, but I'm kind of a big deal. You know what? If you're a big deal, you don't have to say it. People will say it. It's like being rich or good-looking. <laughs> you don't have to tell people. Excellent. Excellent point. I love it. I love it. Good-looking people don't go, I'm good-looking. <laughs> they'll be like, yeah, I know. So, uh, so you know, they're talking and they're trying to be make it look all noble. But they're hiding away. Because he says, For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised, that they may boast in your flesh. Meaning, they're not trying to be better law keepers. They're going, look, I got these guys circumcised. Now high-five me. I mean, look how great I am that I had them do that. And it's frustrating.
0: You know, and it goes back to... Uh uh what jesus taught you know there's gonna come a time when when people think they're offering a great service to god they just up and kill you yeah right yeah and this is what what it is they they are puffing themselves up and their works and they're detracting from the cross of christ
1: yeah you want to do that bummer um because he says uh once again But far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, like you said, by which the world, now listen to this, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Meaning the the world has been killed by a shameful death because the world in and of itself is shameful and I'm crucified because to the world, Paul is shameful. And so he's just going, you know what? I, I'm i just not that into you. <laughs> I mean, it's over. And,
0: yeah, well, that's the thing for the baptized Christian. The world's dead to you. And yeah. you're dead to the world. You are a citizen of another realm. A yeah. citizen of heaven.
1: So, basically, here we are in the world, not of the world, but it gives us opportunities to love those who are who are here, too. And um, you know when people go, "What's my purpose?" Well, your purpose has been made, has been made fulfilled on the cross. And what does that look like is a better question. Uh,
0: yeah, you know what? And That's all I can find to do while I'm here is yeah. tell more people about Jesus, because that's in the end, come, come judgment day, the great eschaton, the last day, right? Mm-hmm. All that's really gonna matter is christ and him crucified and how many people listen to that preaching right
1: exactly i mean the 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 resurrection that we wait for our hope is that there's a whole bunch of people there and how can they believe unless they hear we believe that so that's why we tell them that's why we do this podcast that's why we do anything in our regular lives and, um, and get this! Jesus says he's going to give us a
0: reward, too!
1: Yeah, so... for What's up with that? He's going to give me a sinner? <laughs> a reward on top of it? Well, that's a good hey, deal. You dude,
0: here's some gold. What? For what?
1: <laughs> I mean, seriously, he's he just shoots down all these... Now, these are, like you pointed out, pietists. For neither circumcision counts for anything... And then on the other hand, for those who are the Christians, you don't just go bragging that you're not circumcised. You're missing the point. But uh, a new creation, rather than saying, I'm part of the circumcision party or I'm of the uncircumcision, you say, I'm a new creation. That's literally what Paul says, but a new creation. And uh, as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. You know, Israel, meaning the ones who walk and strive with God. And so
0: church, baby.
1: So that is and you know, for the people who look at themselves as a new creation. Guess what? Peace and mercy be upon them, because as a new creation, these people that want you to be uh, self-indulgent, everything like that, you're just going, meh, that's not it. And, um, and from now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my own body the marks of Jesus rather than the marks of the world. You know, that's that's outstanding. And so, you know, when people are trying to give you grief, um, hey, I notice you're not worldly enough. We're supposed to smile and go, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's so.
0: a nice little benediction, though, that Paul wraps up with, right? that Hey, you baptized Christian, you new, new creation, you of faith, you know, grace and, and peace and mercy be on you. Yeah. Right? Hey, so, sweet.
1: Well, he... And even... then he's
0: like, you know what? Anyone else who wants to question my authority, shut up, because I got the marks of Jesus.
1: Yeah. I'm done with that. And uh, it's self... It's beginning to become self-evident. Um, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers... And then he ends with the Amen. This is most certainly true. That is the tie-in of all of it, everything. He started at the beginning. I tell you the truth. I am not lying. And then he ends with Amen, which means this is most certainly true. And it's a it's just such a wonderful thing that he his warning and benediction, you know, stay away from the people that want your Christianity to say. Uh, you're not a real Christian unless you Christian up uh, you know in the what is it like the energy drink you know it's not enough you got be a you gotta be a monster or a red Bull Christian you know whatever so I do love this closing and you know what I love this whole book I'm so glad we were able to do this
0: you know I know I was gonna say now that we're at the end of Galatians for those who have heard of the new perspective of Paul, you can see that even St. Paul rejects the new perspective of
1: Paul. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, that's true.
0: And and, yeah, and he says like, no, because I bear the marks of Jesus, so. Yep. Don't even go there. Uh, The new perspective of Paul is is bad, so.
1: Well, again, because Paul just sits there with a shovel just shoveling, piping hot truth, you know, it's just, it's just, just heaping these coals, and, and people look at it, and they're going, nah, this is a little too real, and, um, and, uh, for him, they just want him to be a social justice, or whatever, and it's just ridiculous.
0: Well, that was it, in his time, you know, it was, it was all about your status, and, and your, uh, what not within the temple life and within the, the pharisaical scribes, Sadducees groups, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, it was a social, uh, you know, social, uh, what do you call it? Hierarchy that, that said you're more godly. Yeah. But, uh, that's, that was always false. And Jesus was like, nope, I got a whip for you
1: guys. Exactly so yeah i'm totally you know what by the way as we've concluded on this book uh for those of you who are listening uh keep in mind zach and i are more than happy to uh to podcast on any of the books of the bible you want and we will bush league it right into your uh mp3 player whatever you got whatever you listen to it on and so keep that in mind because uh uh this whole book of galatians is something that should be read learned marked inwardly digested we have uh there's so much to go on it and so much for the christian to have hope and to to answer the questions of why we're not uh legalists why we're not antinomians why we love our neighbors why we don't look for our works for salvation, and why we're always looking to Christ for all the good things. That's everything in this book. And so that's why it's kind of a, a, a wonderful opportunity for us to, to share it with you.
0: You know, and I was just going to say that the book of Galatians, you, you already said it, the book of Galatians has just killed so many rising heresies. Yeah. Uh, it's a blessing that uh, it was... It was you know, counted within the scriptures.
1: Yeah, I agree. So as we as we move on, and you know what? Oh, I don't think we could have planned it better ourselves. When we move over into the no drama group, a pastor has a question that I think Galatians really gives us a wonderful answer to. Um, of course, there's plenty of plenty of scriptural references to call on, but um uh pastor Pastor Furman asked, as a congregation member or a pastor, how do you deal with the congregation's spiritual apathy and to piggyback, especially how do you spark some interest in confessional Lutheranism among well born and bred Lutherans? You know what first of all, I'm glad to see pastors asking super honest questions um sometimes believe it or not. There's a lot of peer pressure in the clergy uh, room. And, you know, when I sit there and I and I talk to other pastors, you know, we, we try to be honest and everything. And sometimes that old Adam is going, you know, well, kind of make a big deal out of how awesome you are. Well, you know what? Christians in the Lutheran Church are just as fallen and broken as everywhere else. And they also, just like St. Paul said, uh, can become weary. And so,
0: Well, remember what you were just saying not too long ago about if somebody's great, they don't have to go around and say it? Yeah. Someone else will. I'm going to be that someone else. So I met Pastor Furman, you know, in real life. And, you know, he's just a knowledgeable, great guy all around. The guy's packed full of knowledge. He's patient. He's loving. I can't say enough good things about him. So um, if you guys... What what if if, if if he ever responds to a question? Listen, because he's really really wise. He's really intelligent. Um, I've asked him a lot of questions myself. So the guy is is smart. You know. So he doesn't need to boast on himself. I will boast on his behalf. Right. So.
1: Well, I'm gonna agree with you because I've seen some of his uh, his uh, things he's added to our group, and he brings with himself some patience and wit and uh i appreciate it and so maybe his question um you know it's and it's a it's such a fair question that that even shows some theological wisdom right there um spiritual apathy you know i mean when we when we deal with that i guess we could take it simply and then kind of go off into any kind of spider web we want but you know First of all, apathy. I think spiritual apathy. Let's say, if we were to define it, it would be things in which uh, we avoid we avoid God's means and ways of His grace. You know, because really, the spirit is 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 a work of God, and the Word of God is what enlivens our spirit. And so, I would say, spiritual apathy is uh, dealing with anything in a congregation where members are not uh, utilizing these gifts which God has given to the church. Let's not become a bunch of uh, uh, loners out in the cave here. The congregation is um, a real thing, and it was founded by Christ himself. And so, how do you deal with it? You know, well, every pastor is going to go, well... (laughs) Because uh, every pastor deals with it. And one of the things is uh, I find that your sermons should always be very uh, accessible and should be honest and should be law and gospel. You can't be afraid to call somebody out or, I mean, call out a sin, a sin. And you also have to be equally as bold in proclaiming the forgiveness of sins. And those are for the people that are there. And also for the ones who have maybe gone into little apathy, uh, restore them with gentleness. You know, sometimes this takes a visit, sometimes a little card, a little note the, with, uh, with a saying, yeah, we missed you. And have a little passage of the gospel with it. Something to give them the word of God to say, you know, I you, want to enliven your spirit. You're, you're sort of starving to death over there.
0: Yeah, and, and my take on this is I don't think most people realize what they have, especially, you know, in a confessional Lutheran church with a faithful pastor, I don't think they realize what they're getting and how Christ is being proclaimed to that person, right? Uh, and, they're, and they're receiving the gifts of God. They look at it as, oh, i got to go up and do the sacrament. Church is going to run longer. But what's really happening is heaven's opened up, God's invited you to his table, the same God of the universe. I I guess I'd say, how many idols do people have, right? How many, oh, he's a movie star, or he's a musician. I got to meet that guy, right? Mm -hmm. But Jesus is calling you to come to his table, to sit with him in his presence and hear him speak through his words. And I don't think people grasp What's really going on, and I think that's what leads to apathy, and then that leads to a judgment, which is probably more apathy to the apathy.
1: Um, yes, I would I would argue that's correct too. For the same for the same reason we said before, we find reasons to justify our bad behavior, and then we just keep going. Oh well, you know, I've got that thing at work, or I've got that thing I'm planning. And by the time that thing is over, they're already pretty much sucked into uh, their apathy, you know. So reminding people, not just going, hey, you know, hey, loser, get into church. But also saying, you know what, there's good stuff here that that you need. And that's gently restoring them, going, you know, there's the gospel here, there's the sacraments. You also have the, the mutual consolation of the saints and you know and that's that's the real way to do it
0: i think it's it's like somebody walking around with a suitcase with a million dollars in it and they don't realize there's a million dollars in it they're just carrying it and they're like it's heavy did you stop and open it up you know this is like the gospel did you stop and really think about what's happening And I think in order to appreciate the gospel, again, we have to show the law in its full sternness. Mm -hmm. Because that's like opening that suitcase and finding that million dollars, right? That you're you're finding Christ then um, when, when, when this thing is opened up and you see what you're being saved from. And this goes to the second part of the question, how... So if I was clergy, or if I was preaching to somebody on the street, and they were just apathetic to the gospel, I think I'd I'd go back to uh, maybe Deuteronomy, read them the book of of blessing and curses and and all the woes, and then maybe some more Old Testament lamentations and, and the judgments on unrighteousness. And then, you know, really just break them down with some hard law, and then be like, but... Let's open the suitcase, right? Yeah. Here's Christ. Here's what He's saving you from. Take and eat. This is My body. And and then you see people really go from fear to to love and um, appreciation for what they're being saved from.
1: Uh huh. Well, again, that's it to show them that they're. Uh, uh, that they're broken and uh that the law will crush them and saying but i want you to know i'm not here just to kick you in the teeth i'm also here to to uh, bring you to the dentist (laughs) and so
0: (laughs) i think there's one more element i want to add to that too i think with younger people or you know middle-aged people they think they're invincible Oh, yeah. It's not until you have a life-shattering event and, I don't know, maybe you fell from a tree and broke your back or, you know, um, something really scary happens. You realize, I am fragile. I'm not as as uh, immortal as I thought I was five minutes ago. No. Uh, and, that, and that really gets people to think about death, right? And then, what am I going to do at the point of death? Because, I mean, our conscience always bears witness, it always, you know, is accused by the law if the gospel's not there to to quiet it. And you know, obviously I'm talking to people if they think they're immortal and they have nothing to fear, they really don't have the law, right?
1: Right. Well the law doesn't matter to them. And uh, you know, that's just being in the full state of apostasy when when the word of God means nothing. It's unbelief. And uh yeah, definitely. Um and so, you know, even in my own congregation, uh there's people, for example, that I would love to see at church more. There's people that I would love to see at the men's uh the men's group and uh and other Bible studies and things like that and you, but again, I, as a pastor, I try not to get weary, I try not to get I I keep I keep trying to sew it and sew it, and um, I've got wonderful elders who help out. And um, and when I'm done, when I draw my last breath, then I'm done sewing. But in the meantime, I, I just try not to get um, uh, weary.
0: And then I would I would in, add in the last element, exhortation, right? Yeah. So while the law is being preached, you get hot under the collar right? You're being convicted of of sin, but then the gospel immediately relieves that uh, conviction, right? The good news take, takes away that sin because we're not under the law, we're under grace, and it's good that that law was preached and that you were brought to repentance, but then I'll tell you what always moves me more than any law preaching is exhortation. It's like Dude, since Christ died for you, since since you've been brought from death to life, therefore, you know, be good and loving to your neighbor. That moves me much more than, you coveter, right?
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? The exhortation part, you know, when it's always tied to the gospel, because Christ, because now you bear his image, because you've received these things, You know, it's like when someone comes and they do
1: something really, really kind for you, you immediately want to pay that person
0: back, right? Yeah. Well, what can I do kind for them? I think most people just need to be exhorted to realize Christ has done something more than kind for you.
1: Well, that's certainly, and you know, I'm not going to read too much into this because sometimes you do pay your neighbor back Sometimes, uh, and I think we see this in the Apostolic Witness, when they pay it forward, instead of just doing something nice for Paul, they would go out and love their neighbor. This kind of thing. And so it, it isn't just a quid pro quo. It's not really. It's to say whatever neighbor needs it.
0: No, that was my fault. I should have clarified on that. I'm just saying for me personally. No, 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 know, no. I-
1: it's 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 normal for us to say... Thank you, or, or at least if your parents raised you right, um, to say thank you. Hey, man, if there's something I can do for you, I want you to let me know. And, um, and that's, that's okay, too. You know, so I won't, you know, but also the life of a Christian involves, uh, you know, whatever neighbor needs it.
0: Yep, that's right. And, you know, we've all been in need. And, you know, we've all been in the position to help. So I think that that acts a higher role in the in preaching Uh, because it's it's a good thing, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: So I like I said, I've always moved more by exhortation because this is how the, the, the way we tend to preach is law, gospel and then. Maybe a little exhortation then it's done, right? hmm There's nothing wrong with law, gospel, exhortation, then done. You know, a nice chunk of exhortation in there. You are God's people, his choil his, his royal raid. Uh, uh, his royal a royal priesthood, a people of his own possession. Therefore, right?
1: Right you should be
0: zealous. Right, like Paul says, the Titus creating a people zealous for for good works.
1: Uh, let's see. Well, definitely, and, and being zealous for it, you know, uh, for the lack of a better term, it means that you know what this is good stuff, and it's just being zealous for it is showing that you you know when somebody believes something when they when they have a strong faith and, and this is they're like yeah. It's not like I guess, uh, meh, meh. it's to say, Yeah, this is good stuff and I'm I am i am thanking God for this right now, you know. And so that's how you kinda of deal with it with uh you know, people who are in apathy. Well, what they've done is they've sort of fallen away and they need they need to have their souls re enlivened with what only the Holy Spirit can do.
0: You know, one more thing that I can think of is the the way I am today theologically and then my practice lines up with my theology is because at some point in some time someone challenged me when I was wrong. Yep. So it's not a bad thing when somebody is in false doctrine or in heterodoxy to challenge them and say, Hey, you got this wrong. You know, let's look at this. I challenge you to show me, you know, this from your from your angle when you know their angle's wrong and you can prove it otherwise. But lovingly and caringly. But that's how I got to where I am. And I'm telling you, the person who challenged me, I'll forever be grateful to God for sending that person to challenge me. Sure. Be- because that set in emotion. You know, it, it, it forced me to go look, you know, and then... Like, like I said, I just never stopped. I just never quit. The Holy Spirit had His claws in me at that point. But you know, if we if we don't challenge people, if we don't be disagreeable, if we're too afraid of feelings, then we're never going to get to that point. I would, I would maybe still today be persistent in error, right?
1: Yeah. Well, uh,
0: I I don't know, but but I'm grateful that the person challenged me so. It's kind of sad with our culture today, because anybody who disagrees is what? A oh, hater. He, he hates me. Oh, right? I'm fainting. It's it's just gotten too soft. It, yeah. It should be that me and you can have a disagreement, and we should be able to sit down, hammer it out, and then say thank you to each other at the end of it, and have a beer.
1: Well, and you know, that's, that's a great trick of the devil, is to say... Don't allow anybody to converse over anything don't just call them a name if they disagree with you and move on because you're okay buddy and um, you don't grow that way you don't become stronger the iron doesn't sharpen the iron you know and that's you know that's a whole that's a whole that's a whole nother topic but for now you know what I think we've come to the end Um, I, I want to I want to say thank you to uh to everybody who out all of Galatians has given us excellent questions from the group. One of the things to look forward to is um well I think so the Bush League is gonna try and with the next uh with the next podcast we're gonna try and do some live streaming with it so that we can take live questions and you can you can listen to us live and so you can call in or something as we're doing it but also don't forget nodramalutherans.org is our website and so you can kind of do everything from there we have we have the no drama lutheran stuff no drama bumper stickers and the support page thank you for all of you who have done some supporting of us so keep all that in mind and as we conclude galatians uh, I thank God for Zach Lesher, who is a faithful man and a wonderful guy to do a podcast with. And we will see you at, at you. the next book of the Bible. Take us out, Zach. Thank you, you hey. hey.